Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with the vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now let's Manifest. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Less Manifest. For today's episode, I'm talking with proud Brooklyn Knight and florista, Alexis Denise, affectionately called Lex, of AD Floral Design. We're going to talk about how she got into the floral biz, a few misunderstandings people may have about the biz, and what she's manifesting. And as we spend time together today, you'll get to know a little bit more about this creative lead and powerhouse behind AD Floral Design, and why she was recently recognized as one of Brides.com's top 150 plus Black-owned wedding businesses to support. Lex, welcome to Let's Manifest. Thanks so much. Namaste. Namaste. I'm so happy that we are here doing this together. A lot of Black girl magic in the room. Tons. <laughs> Tons of Black girl magic. And I'm happy That's that, right. you know, you'll be able to share that magic with listeners today. And for anyone that's interested in pursuing a career in the floral business or has questions or even someone that's curious about exactly how you got on that list, I think today's conversation will help put those answers to those questions. It will. will. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Well, since you're excited, why don't we get started with a quick game? And the game is called This or That. So Hmm. for today's game... You're going to say whatever comes to mind. There are no right or wrong answers. And we're going to start in three seconds if you're ready. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Onion rings or fries? Onion rings. All right. Martin Luther King Day or Juneteenth? Juneteenth all the way. Juneteenth. Spring or fall? Ooh, autumn vibes fall. (laughs) Biggie or Tupac? (laughs) Well, you know I am Brooklyn born, so biggie it is. So biggie it is. Designer or knockoff? Knockoff. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Guilty. Guilty is charged. (laughs) (laughs) What about long weekend or full week? Full week, please. Yeah, the long weekends are hard to come back from. I don't know. Yeah, and you need a vacation to kind of get back into things from, I know. So, yeah, yeah long week. Mm-hmm. Just Seven days, days, please. There you go. <laughs> what about The Wiz or Wizard of Oz? The Wiz. Get mm-hmm. on down, get on down the road. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what about sleeping in or staying out? Sleeping in, for sure. For sure. Especially as, you know, creatives, we need time to reset. So I agree with that one. And the last one, wildflowers or roses? The classic rose. The classic rose, because you're a classy lady. That's why. At times, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now all others, you know. (laughs) Well, Lex, you know, since I have you here with me for the next couple of minutes, I wanted you to kick off our conversation, just letting our listeners know what are three (laughs) things people may not know about you? Ooh, so three things that people um, may not know about me is that I have actually 
lived in all of New York City with exception to Staten Island. So out of our five boroughs, Staten Island is the one place that I have never lived. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing most people don't know about me um, is that I have extremely flat, flat, flat feet. <laughs> I'm the person that usually has to go with, right, not the six-inch stiletto, right. definitely the platform, or even better, the wedge heel. Mm -hmm. and flats are cool but not preferred right. and third thing that people don't know about me um is that i am a daughter of two career public servants so my dad retired a uh, conductor from new york city transit i think he served <laughs> i say like i say like it's hard time but um right. <laughs> move new york um, that's their catchy slogan, but he moved New York for 33 years um, before he finally retired. And my mom is retired from Harlem Hospital. Wow. Um, and I'm almost positive she did 38 years, which sounds insane. Um, but her story is that she started working at Harlem Hospital at 18. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Th that, that's a long trajectory because... It is people don't commit to jobs that long anymore. Mm -hmm. They're like 10 mm -hmm. years, 10 years. That's too long. You know, like people are, are not as committed. So to see that your parents were in the game for a long time with one employer says a lot. It does. Um, and I think that also ties into my own work ethic. Right. You know, right. so I, I can always tell people like I grew up watching my grandmother, my mother, my father, my aunt, you know, they were, the working professionals, um, and they were always going to work. Um, so yeah, that, I'm sure that's why I'm as like, I'll be there, I'll be there, <laughs> hands on deck. Right, mm -hmm. you're, you're in it for the long haul. So tell us about how your career path led you to create <laughs> florals, I'm sorry. How did you get to create AD floral design? <laughs> like, so crazy first of all shout outs to 80 floral design for actually making it to the two-year mark so <clears throat> today is monday october 12th i actually started this business two years ago to date um so that in and of itself is just as a big accomplishment as getting the bachelor's getting the master's that i mean never in a million years would i even imagine myself having and owning and operating a business um, but the fact that I am still here two years later, and certainly uh, with COVID and COVID-19 and the Rona up in the mix for the past seven months, um, I just got to give myself a kudos. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Congratulations. That is Thank a huge you. accomplishment. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, but in, and I always tell people to make a long story short, and I can't, um, <laughs> I started the business in October of 2018. Um, it actually started with me doing occasion bouquets or gift bouquets. Mm -hmm. um, so, hey, Alexis, mom's having an anniversary. Um, this person's having a, a birthday. Could you do something really nice for me? So I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. No problem. Um, and I would put it together. And that was when I got all of the feedback. Like, Alexis, how do you know to put those flowers together and the colors? Um, so, yeah. Started out with gift bouquets, um, and then eventually I had a love for flower crowns. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. I started out in October, and then by the time spring hits, it's like, hey, what am I going to bless the world with? Um, and then came, you know, me doing the flower crowns. Um, so whether it was a street festival or a block party, I started getting those requests. 
Um, and again, people really took to it. Um, it's nice to have a floral arrangement that actually sits atop of the head and isn't in a vase. Right. Um, so that, you know, got a lot of attention um, and people started to say, oh yeah, you're the girl that does the crowns. Um, and then eventually I transitioned into holiday wreaths. Um, so that was pretty cool in the sense that it was my way of gifting my friends and my family, you know, members, something nice, mm -hmm. you know, that they could have and it bring, uh, you know, family around. And when I finally got the, the wedding flower bug is when I got asked to participate in a friend's wedding. And, you know, here I am like, okay, yeah, let's do it. She asked me to be her maid of honor. Um, so we set out on doing the maid of honor and bride things, you know, the gift registry, the flowers. And I remember going to a, um, a flower shop out in Suffolk County. And I just, I mean, I wasn't amazed. It was a flower shop. They had flowers, but you know, I guess a little more on the traditional side for me. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one vendor that she started out with. But then she found another vendor in Queens. And I remember we went out to their showroom or the warehouse to see a mock-up, you know, of her centerpieces for the reception. And she was very plain herself, but <clears throat> they had created these really you know, just kind of sprawling trees. She had an autumn wedding and I'm just, I'll never forget standing across the workstation and looking at her face when she looked up like in amazement um, at the, the, the mock-up and then came the, the price. <laughs> when I found out and realized how much she spent for, you know, I think she had a 150 plus guests. Um, that was when I'm like, whoa, people spent what amount of money, right? right? 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. Um, that is when I realized that, that there could be an opportunity, um, certainly with my full-time gig, to be able to do weddings on weekends. So here I am, blossomed into a full-service floral decor company for weddings primarily and does special events. Amazing. And I'm sure when you saw the price tag, you were like, wait a second. What's going on? More money, more money. <laughs> right, like what's going on here? And I think that's something people don't realize that mm -hmm. flowers are expensive. They are. They are they very are. expensive. And I mean, depending on the season, right? Okay. You may request a flower that is totally not available here in New York City. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Um, we can get it, but it obvi obviously needs to be outsourced. Um, so yeah, that's when it gets really pricey when... On a normal day, a rose may cost 90 cents per stem. But again, if it's a rose that you want for your wedding during a particular season when it's not here, right, that can go up to $7 for a single wow. stem. And you're not only buying a single stem, right, the wholesalers are selling those to us in bunches of 25. Um, so yes, flowers can be very astronomical. Um, depending on the season and what's available, um, and then also depending on your floral designer. Right. Um, so again, not all floral designers have the same labor and design fee, right? Um, in most cases, it's represented as a percentage on your, uh, your, your, your invoice or your, your proposal. But to make a long story short, you know, that's the dollar amount that is in addition, right, to the cost of flowers and materials for having a floral designer do really dope work on your day. Right. So, yeah, no, it, it can get astronomical very quickly. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. you have to make sure that the, the ends justifies the means, you know? Exactly. And you don't want to be in the poorhouse, you know, no. for having the wedding of your dreams or this special day, 
you don't want it to be something that you're paying even after the wedding ends. It, it, it's silly. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and speaking of <laughs> speaking of silly and some of the things that people may think are silly or may not know about the floral industry as a whole, what are a few misconceptions? Because, you know, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I just want something that's beautiful, right? I'm not thinking mm-hmm. of the details that may go into it. So what are some of the, the things that people may misunderstand, especially around like you just broke it down around cost? So I wouldn't have even thought that you would have to be outsourcing flowers. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. So um, I would say, you know, obviously just talked about pricing really briefly, but um, when, a, whole, when a, a floral designer or a florist, when they get your flowers, right, and they finally put it into the vase, and again, it's, it's packaged beautifully, right, you have your enclosure card, you have all of those extra details and bells and whistles that when the client receives it, they love, it's not gonna start out that way. And in fact, it doesn't, right? So that one finished bouquet that a client is paying for, when we go back to the very initial kind of phase and the process of it all, Mm -hmm. I as a floral designer, when I get that order, the next day or even the same day, I'm now going into our flower market. And if you know anything about the flower market, they don't have a typical nine to five, you know, hours of operation schedule. We have a very short window of time that they're open, um, and that can be anywhere between 4.30 to at latest 11 a.m. Wow. So here I am receiving the order from you um, and wanting to do really dope work. First things first, I need to go to the New York City flower market, and I typically do that between, I'd say, 5 and 6 at latest, right? And once you get there, you want to basically look through what's available because mm-hmm. that's another reality, right? right? You see one particular flower in arrangement, but when I go there, it's like, you yeah, know, sorry, mm-mm, dahlias, they're all sold out. Um, so it takes a moment to pick up the greenery, pick up the flowers. Um, and if it's a busy day, you and everyone else who's there has to wait. You know, they're packaging everything up. Once I get it, I get it into the car. I drive back to Brooklyn because uh, New York City Flower Market is in Chelsea, and it doesn't stop there. Um, ideally, you want to get them into water as quickly as possible. So now we're talking about processing, right? So that beautiful arrangement is beautiful, but when I start with it, it's literally a tightly packaged bunch of flowers in quantities of 25. You know, so by the time you take all of the packaging out, you put everything into water, you give it a fresh snip, you know, again, I've spent at least two hours, you know, doing that. So I think that is probably the biggest, um, not misconception, but it is something that I think a lot of people don't factor in when they're Mm -hmm. placing that order for mom or dad, they just want something beautiful, but the process starts, you know, very early in the morning. And, you know, there's a lot of steps involved before it gets into that, you know, vase arrangement. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And that is something to understand, too, that this is, I won't say labor intensive, but it is a process. Definitely. And and some things can be labor intensive. Crowns, um, they're great. They're beautiful. They're on the head. However, they are very labor intensive because you're going from, let's, like I said, that 25 package of roses to something that has to be, you know, clipped and bundled. And so, yeah, some of it is very labor intensive. And that is what plays into pricing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Again, and justifies the means. If you want that beautiful arrangement, you're going to have to pay up for it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to have to do mm-hmm. Treat As my father would say, Lex, uh, treat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. There you go. Uh, and it's okay to do that sometimes. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Especially when you know, again, that it's going to be beautiful. It's going to make you happy. And it will bring others joy. Like, you can't really put a price on certain things, especially when it comes to those results, right? Absolutely. So I'm happy to hear that. And what are some of the challenges you face as an entrepreneur? I mean, you've been in business two years now. I'm sure you've probably had a, f- a few, not just during the pandemic, but even before that, a few things that may have thrown you a bit, but how do you mitigate when those things happen? So the best way to mitigate for any small business that's growing is to eventually plan for scaling. So I started out as it just being me, 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 me doing social media, me doing flower processing, me doing, you know, advertising and me. So at the end of the day, again, that's what it takes when you're starting out. But eventually, right, you, well, I you know, want to be able to scale the business such that I can take on more events, I can take on more clients. um, But with that, you have to have the staffing in place. Um, So a big challenge for me that I've recently started working on is not having adequate staff for doing floral installations. So when it comes to wedding work, yes, the bride is coming to you for her personal flowers, right? The boutonnieres, for the groomsmen, the best man, um, the corsages for the mother of the bride, the personal flowers, you know, that can be managed. That's, that's okay. I can do that. Um, and in a few hours, but when it's, Hey, Alexis, we love your work. And we want you to create that awesome floral installation that you did where that hexagon ceremony arch was just like, that was all that we can, that was a focal point for the ceremony. We want you to create that, you know, at the end of the day, you have to process the flowers. They need to be attached. But now, right, when we talk about floral installations, you need the manpower to right. put the equipment and the actual structure in place. Um, and then once it's all over, you got to come get your stuff, right? Yes. So having manpower and that breakdown team to haul things out, um, that is something that is very important for me right now. Mm-hmm. So having more hands um, than, I, than, than needed is always great. Um, but yeah, that's a big challenge that we're getting bigger, doing more work, larger installations, and we need a team of floristas. Able-bodied people. Anybody exactly. listening? Exactly. If, if you are curious, the least bit curious about this, this whole entire business and process and learning, I would say definitely reach out to Lex. You know, maybe Lex, if you're ready for an apprentice. There you go. That might be an opportunity. For Let's somebody. start it here. I'm telling That's you, right. somebody to actually get involved and to, to help with all the scaling that you need for the business. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to have a, a bachelor's in horticulture, right? A lot of people reach out to me and they're like, hey, Alexis, I don't have any experience, but I have a knack, right? I have an affinity for putting things together. Okay, great. So that's good with, uh, you know, kind of custom color palettes and that, you know, so you don't have to be um, a florist or someone working in the field already to freelance and be a part. You know, a lot of it is is no different than planning an event, you know, a birthday party. Right, right. What do I need? How many? You know, where do things go? Um, That usually is what it takes to do an installation. And have an affinity for learning because yeah. the entire process is a learning process. No one gets it right, right away. Right. No. I mean, so I, mean, I didn't some, So I was going to say some people may disagree with me, but I'm like, you don't get it right, right away. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> kind of figuring it out as they go along. 
So being exactly. open to learning and being flexible is a huge benefit when scaling business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say that. And what are a few lessons that you've learned? I mean, you know, this, this year, 2020 has taught us a lot, but what's your favorite lesson? Going South Pole. Going South Paul, going South, go South Paul, <laughs> right? So you and I have had conversations about this. Um, right. But when Corona, or the Rona, as I call it now, as if she's the girlfriend right. that I don't really care too much for, she, but she you know, she's chick. always around. She's she a side chick. That's that too. <laughs> a mess. So yes, uh, back in March, right, when the city literally comes to a screeching halt, and we're all told to, you know, hunker down, stay indoors. Um, I quickly needed to do something to keep the business going, right? So when I say go Southpaw, it's a style of boxing, right? That when you're squared up normally, right, and in a boxing position, usually you have that right foot forward, that left foot back, right? Um, you're protecting your neck, so to speak, or protecting your face at all times, right? And you now can kind of lead with a, a right jab, just kind of giving you some visuals, but mm-hmm. in a very audiovisual way, right? Mm-hmm. So you're in a stance that you can lead with that right jab. Um, when you go southpaw, you need to switch that stance and do exactly the opposite. So in boxing, I am my father's child because I grew up watching boxing. And this is why I'd even have a southpaw reference. But again, going southpaw is that ability to take on that alternate stance, right? That usually the opponent doesn't, they may not be aware, right? right? They may not be aware and, you know, working that to your advantage. Um, So that by far for 2020, just over the last seven, eight months, that's been probably my favorite lesson, you know, for figuring out how do you run your business in an untraditional way? How do you run your business, right, and still um, attract customers, serve them? Because flowers, that's a tough, that's a tough buy, Mm -hmm. given the fact that people are out of work, right? People are not, you know, getting the income that they were. Um, So at the end of the day, you don't want to be insensitive to it, but I certainly wanted to position myself, you know, such that when the world kind of regained this sense of normalcy and people are back to their normal functions, I had some new services um, and some new products in mind. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome because like I said to you before, when you say Southpaw, I'm thinking of the movie and just remembering the movie and the way that the character, the main character had to pivot and how, you know, he, he was in the fight for his life, essentially. So mm-hmm. knowing, knowing that that's your reference, I'm like, yeah, that's what it feels for, for many people. They feel like they are in the fight of their lives right now. And you got to do something different, um, yeah. but you got to do that. That probably is you know, the biggest takeaway also, right? To do Mm -hmm. nothing keeps you in a stagnant state. To do something, it may not be, right, the perfect, you know, step to or move to take, but at the end of the day, you have the opportunity to learn and then grow from it. Right. You know, so that's that's a thing. Right, Mm -hmm. that's a thing. And that's what everybody should aspire towards, to growing, growing through it and, you know, growing above it is the other thing because Mm -hmm. we're not going to stay in this moment forever. We have to know that, but you have exactly. to know that you're coming out of this moment better than the way you entered it. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, I'd also say not to niche down. 
um, that that was an opportunity for me. So people know Alexis for flower crowns. People know Alexis for, you know, flower workshops and gift bouquets. But I had to put on a different cap, you know, and figure out how can you still generate cash flow? Um, so for me, once the flower market uh, finally opened, right, a lot of people during the pandemic are asking Alexis, where are you managing to get your flowers, sis? Because everything <laughs> else is locked down, right. right? Now, behind the scenes, they don't know that I've reached out to wholesalers who have connections that are now some way, somehow FedExing flowers um, directly to people's homes, right? Because people aren't going into the flower district to pick it up, um, you know, so working behind the scenes to do things that you don't normally do, right? So I could have niched down and said, you know what, honey, things are closed and shut down until further notice, but I didn't. Um, I started getting creative with, you know what, if people are asking me where I'm getting my flowers, especially during a downtime, I'm going to come up with a service of the New York City flower market tours that I do, right? So what better way to learn where to get your flowers, what they cost, what flowers are available, than the link up right in the Chelsea area where I can give you, you know, my blueprint. I can take you to all of the people that I rock with to get the best prices in terms of flowers and supplies. Um, so that was one thing. Um, a second thing that I did, again, not niching down and focusing only on gift bouquets, uh, was the fact that a lot of businesses, I'm not going to say they're not legitimate, but a lot of businesses that we see on Instagram, you know, they offer a service or a product, but in terms of making sure that they have legal protections in place, making sure mm. that the business is operating, you know, in the, not the, the, the red, but the black, making sure that you're in a position to receive grants that are available. Right. I mean, COVID was crazy, right? right? But I can't tell you how many small businesses I knew that received SBA loans. Not even, you know, loans, grants too. So um, legitimizing your business by making sure you form that business entity, making sure that you have your tax ID, making sure that you have a resale cert. Um, those were a lot of the questions that I had because people were now spending their time working on the back end, right? right? Working on the back end of their business. Um, and then out of that came my one-on-one -on -one flower business coaching calls. You, you know, go. so people had all of these questions and it's like, listen, I have some time. Let's hop onto a Zoom call. You write all of those questions down and I'll answer every single one, you know, and get you on the way or off the ground, I should say, to, you know, getting into either more freelance work or starting a flower business of your own. Um, so definitely not niching down, well, focusing is... on other areas. That, that was key for me. Well, I would say, so So two things that I, I, and I didn't mean to cut you mm -hmm. off, but two things that I took away from what you just said is, well, one, one thing is that you said not niching down. And some people would say you should find your niche, right? So that was one thing. The yes. second thing is that mm -hmm. you had a whole masterclass by Lex happening where you were essentially preparing people and empowering them to not only learn from you, but to actually, again, grow and glow during this time. So instead of just focusing on the flowers, right, people were able to connect with you as a human yes. and understand more about a brand and how they yes. can then grow their own brand, start a brand, you know, legitimize their brand, all those other things. But the not niching down, to me, I'm so 
like it's it's sticking with me because I've heard so many people say find your stick niche to what you know stick mm-hmm. with and they're like you know you have to essentially be in that whatever that one thing is that is it but we're learning that that's not the case that's not going to work because Mm -hmm. you have to be fluid you have to know that if the one thing is not working what can I pivot to to continue to bring value to the people that I'm serving and you found it exactly So shout out to you Lex for not listening to (laughs) well it it takes courage it, it takes courage. It takes courage. It takes courage. Um, you know, it just takes courage. You know, yeah. we can't stay in that sense of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're waiting for the, you know, at a certain point, you have to be able to forge ahead and move forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes it really does take these kind of situations that will frustrate you out of that mm-hmm. comfort zone, if you will, right? So, when your back is against the wall, sometimes that's when we do our best work. So, I mean, again, I don't think the pandemic was all bad. I do think that some good things are going to come out of it or have been coming out of it. Absolutely. So, yes, girl. As we move on and start to close our time together, I want to know, and I think listeners will be interested in this one, because Mm -hmm. business does do a lot for your, your clients, right? I mean, like I said, master classes, you're taking them on tours in the flower district, you're having coaching calls or even exploratory conversations. But what's the one thing that your business does for your clients that you did not expect? The one thing that my business does for clients that I didn't expect, um, I think in general, it gives them a strong sense of satisfaction. Um, of knowing that they hosted a celebration that was really what they wanted it to be, right? Because some people don't want to always have things that are over the top. Um, But when I'm incorporating floral arrangements and using flowers that can sometimes actually be symbolic, right, to the occasion, um, or using flowers that have a significant kind of meaning with, let's say, maybe a family member, um, those things I always can appreciate Um, when doing events or creating florals for people, um, that they have this sense of, girl, that event, oh my gosh, Alexis, you put your foot, toe, you know, head, everything into it. You gave it your all. I can tell that you gave it your all because, I mean, you could have just given me a green monstera leaf, but you didn't, right? You gave me a, a gold, a gilded monstera leaf in addition to the flowers right alexis not only did you put the flowers you know in a vase that we placed on the table alexis you actually draped a garland around some crazy contraption of some rental piece that we didn't know what was going to work or how it was going to work for the event but all we know is that when they came in that was the focal point And our guests were satisfied and they were like, wow, that's unique and unusual. Um, So I know, Kim, I'm I'm totally on a a magic carpet ride and just giving (laughs) you this response. No, but it's Um, great. But it it, it is something. It's an appreciation that I I don't necessarily look for, um, but it's always satisfying when I get that feedback, when the clients are like, girl, that was all they talked about. Or, oh, my gosh, Alexis, did you see the did you see the professional shots? It, it was just the X, Y, and Z for me though, right. you know? So um, being able to transform people's spaces, um, especially during COVID, because 
you know, we had all of the, uh, the venue restrictions, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're limited to the number of guests that we can have occupying a space. Um, we can't even be indoors, right? Mm-hmm. So for the past, you know, I'd say even three, four months, I've been doing a lot of things that, you know, we are creating um, an ambiance or a vibe outdoors, right? Whether it's on a rooftop or people's backyard. So being able to transform spaces with fresh floral decor and these installations that, you know, kind of give the event this unique thing. um, That's something that I take pride in. And it is something that, you know, clients are talking about and that I I do truly believe that they appreciate, you know, once the, uh, the event is over. And I have experienced your magic carpet ride when I received (laughs) my arrangements. So I totally agree with this. I know that not only has it brought joy to me as the recipient, but also to others that may have come into my space or that have seen Mm -hmm. a picture of it online and they're like, oh girl, who did that? You know, so I totally agree with this. And I think that that's something special that you bring and and you may not even realize it but it's truly a gift because everybody can't do that you know you can't mm-hmm. and no disrespect to 1-800 flowers and pro flowers and Duh, she even mentioned them girl you are so graceful <laughs> I like, no disrespect but you know there's something to be said about someone who takes the time to truly connect with the person that's ordering right and really mm-hmm. bringing a vision to life because that's what you do. You know, like if I say, Lex, this is what I'm thinking of, or I see something that you did and I'm like, I want, I wasn't, I want that same exact thing. You don't just give me that same exact thing. You kind of find a way to finagle it so that it's Kim. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a little something in there that I'm like, Oh, that that was just for me. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. And, And that's the thing. I mean, I'm at the mercy of the flower market and that's one reason why every design that you do will be custom because Mm -hmm. you can't always find the same flowers day in and day out. Um, But again, there's that touch, that twist, that unexpected, even if it's the texture of an arrangement that you've added something to and people are like, wow, that's kind of fuzzy and, or it's just so airy and it's whimsical and it waves and it moves, you know, that's the fun and floral arranging. Um, But what people don't know is that every time they, they book with me every time they, they buy a bouquet. They are certainly supporting a small business, right? A small business led by a short 5'2 powerhouse Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and all my Capricorn glory and my, my type A personality ways, um, I'm grateful for that. But what they don't know is that they are empowering, you know, a person who is doing something that is so left field from the everyday work that she does as a professional. Um, and it, it's, it's, it, I'm talking to you, but it's amazing because it's like, Alexis, not only are you running this business and you're you know, giving fresh floral decor to wherever you go, when you think about the behind the scenes, Alexis, you wake up and you leave Brooklyn, you get into your car, you drive from Midwood all the way to 28. You, you get into the, the Hugh Carey Tunnel. That For anyone who's from Brooklyn or New York, you know that that's the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Okay. But the point is you go. You get in your car when the sun isn't up, right? You get in your car. You're going through tunnels. You're paying a toll. And when you get to 28th Street, 
you're parking in places that you know you can park up until eight o'clock because you risk getting towed. And then you go inside of all, not maybe, not all, but you go to at least two or three wholesalers and you're going into a space that's dominated by men. Right. You know, Kim and I, you, we talked about this, right? We right. always have this tendency to associate flowers with being a very feminine thing. Mm -hmm. However, the irony behind the scenes in terms of the wholesalers and the flower shops is that it's very male dominated, you know? So to go into that type of space and assert yourself in a way that you know exactly where to find what you need, you know exactly what's priced too high, you know exactly, you know, what's been there for too long and isn't even worth your time, you know, um, you know exactly who to go to and who's going to receive you. There is a power, there's a magic in that, you know, and I take tremendous pride in being a Black-owned, female-led, you know, company because for some women or most they may say, Lex, ain't nobody doing that. That's, that's cool and all, but honey, that is all you because I can't. And it's right. like, no, you can. You, you can. can, and you, you can do it with ease, with practice, you know, with that courage to step out. And that's what excites me about the, uh, the flower market trips, that a lot of people, they're like, this, 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 you do all of this? Yes, you know, so um, it's important for me to, Continue, right, to obviously right. receive orders and, and book clients. But every time it happens, I'm more stronger. I'm more competent. My, my sense of pride is, you know, magnified. And I feel this strong sense of purpose. Um, and it's hard. And not all of us can feel that way um, emotionally, you know, because just kind of given the times, right? There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of just everyday challenges that we're all faced with and we're juggling. Um, but to empower me in that way, I'm so grateful for, you know, Absolutely. the connections and the orders. So, um, yeah, that was a long-winded question, but... No, no, that was... Listen, this is what people want to hear. They want to spend some time yeah. getting to know you, so... I'm going to keep it a buck. Exactly. exactly. I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. Um, because... Yeah. At the end of the day, I think for flowers too, people, ah, how much for that bouquet? I'm not spending that. And that's okay. Right. right. You have your personal choice not to. However, right. In the same breath, someone goes, no, I'm not. How much does she charge? But in mm -hmm. the same breath, Kim, they will run into an AT&T. They will run into a Sprint and they will put a ball and chain on their ankle and go pick up an iPhone. No shade to Apple. Because right. I have one, right. but they will willingly go into the establishment and put a ball and chain on their ankle and pay for something for months, for 18 months right. for a single item that, you know, at the end of the day can be a huge source of more distraction than really um, truly enjoyment. So flowers are necessary. Um, and I appreciate those who value them um, and enjoy the experience of having them. Absolutely. <laughs> and everybody has their thing. So, of course, you know. Exactly people whatever your thing is that's great but clearly Lex's thing is flowers and I'm happy about that um the last question I have for you mm -hmm. was around advice you would give to actually I lied that is not the last question I have for you. don't lie I'm, honey I just decided <laughs> to throw an extra, an extra question in there just because I'm gonna soak up all this time that I have with you but um <laughs> What's what's your advice for listeners that are on the fence to pursuing a career in the floor industry or they're just on the fence to pursuing entrepreneurship? If you're on the fence, you know, kind of 
figuring out if you do, if you don't. Um, as it pertains to, to the floral industry, um, spread love is the Brooklyn way, right? <laughs> spread love is the Brooklyn way. There is more than enough opportunity for us to all take advantage of and benefit from a business in floral design. Um, so please do not feel that because there's other floral designers in your area, right? Because there's a floral designer who has 20,000 or more followers that there's no room for you. Um, if you wanna get into it, figure out that area that you like. Again, I started with gift bouquets. Eventually I added flower, I mean, flower crowns, um, funeral wreaths, sympathy arrangements. Um, so you gotta figure out that lane. And right now, I like to rock with weddings. Right now, I like to rock with special events. Right. Um, so again, figure out the type of flowers that you are talented in, that you're really interested, um, and be very intentional in your learning. Okay, so um, again, you don't have to do a bachelor's degree in horticulture in order to be a floral designer. There are tons of online programs that are self-paced, self-studying that you can do, because um, I, I started there, to become certified and get that initial credential, you know, that people recognize, because that's the difference. Right. You go right. onto Instagram, there's tons of people that are, quote unquote, and that's fine, um, you know, self-taught. Nothing wrong with being self-taught, but in terms of, again, people who have plans in running a business, right, there's always going to be more respect held or you're going to be perceived as more reputable when you're the person who leads the floral design company that has, right, a credential, mm -hmm. right? That certificate says that you meet minimum standards in order to do the work that you're charging clients for. Right. Um, so again, whether it's either as a freelancer or if you want to do it, um, I would definitely suggest starting with an online or some type of certificate program and um, be intentional with, you know, going to the flower district, um, whatever the designs are, be intentional with the types of flowers that you want to use or not, because that's the thing. People fit, they finish, excuse me, a, a certificate program, right? But yet they're still feeling like, I don't really know. With floral design, you have to learn by doing. So the mm. more you do in terms of arrangements, the more you do in terms of installation, that really is what's giving you, you know, that sense of, competence right mm -hmm. and then you come to learn i can't stand working with those types of flowers right right and that's important to know because if you're doing you know floral design work and you're working with a, a difficult flower that is too branchy you don't want to use that branchy flower on a balloon garland right because now you're affecting right the ambiance and you may even be damaging somebody else's work right. um so doing a certificate program being very intentional in right, the area of the floral industry that you want to work, um, and getting a mentor. Shout outs to Maritza Walton of the Ritz Walton Collection in Bloomfield, New Jersey. When mm -hmm. I started working with her, that was when I got a feel for, well, okay, that's how you do high centerpieces for ceremonies. Okay, that's what you do to attach something to a floral chandelier. So at the end of the day, um, it's very necessary that you have an apprentice somebody that can show you the ropes, as my father would say, to put you on to game um, <laughs> and give you the ins and outs, right, yeah. of both how you're doing the work and how you're running the business. Um, I, I'd leave the listeners with those tidbits for starting, um, but just start. Just start. Just start. And you just put listeners on to game because that's a whole word by itself, just start. I think sometimes people mm -hmm. are, people, me, me 
are in their heads. So there's so many things that you're like, I should do this, I should do that, I need to do blah, blah, blah. And then for whatever reason, you don't start because you're just overthinking it. Mm-hmm. So just starting is a big first step, but leads to so many other steps. And it's just like, after you do it, before you know, you're like, it's two years later. It's two years later, <laughs> right? I'm still stepping. Right. I'm taking 40,000 steps. I know when you look back, you know, they say um, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But you look back at that time and you're like, wow, that went by so quickly. Mm-hmm. And yet you've grown from it because you have all of these different events and experiences under your belt. So um, just start, you know, that's really how the real growth starts to happen. Totally. And my real last question for you. Yeah, she's like the fake last oh, question. Exactly. That was like <laughs> question 1A. This is gotcha. 1B. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. The okay. last question is, what is one thing you're manifesting? <laughs> well, honey, I manifest a lot. I really want to manifest <laughs> and look at my bank account and it grows magically to $1 million. Well, there you go. There I'm you working go. on that. But no, things that I am manifesting at the moment um, is certainly having a brick and mortar, um, maybe not so much a full blown, I'm probably playing small and just saying this, but I am manifesting a floral studio um, in that I'm able to meet with clients, show them mock-ups. I'm able to do virtual workshops, in-person workshops, but definitely um, a place that people are going to pass on the street. They're going to stop in and say, oh, well, what do you think? And I'm going to say, come on in. Right. Um, come on in. I am also manifesting that for 2021 and 2022, that I'll have at least two weddings a month. And for wow. some people, that sounds absolutely ridiculous. But for me and where I am in the business, two years in, two weddings a month would be awesome. Um, yeah. And I think I'll leave you with flower zooming. That is a a, a term that I've already manifested and put out there. Um, but basically virtual flower shops that people can book. And if you live here in New York city, you can receive your supplies. And then we basically hop on at set, you know, date and time and we do what we do. Um, but in a virtual format. I like that. I like that because it keeps you global. Mm-hmm. You know, so because yeah, what this is the other thing that this entire uh, shift in the way that life was has changed the way that we do business is that we had to stop being so locally based. Mm-hmm. And you know, if someone is following you on social media, they connect with you there, but then when they have access to you via Zoom, now it's like they open that to their other friends so it takes it a little deeper into again the human contact of it all it's different it is mm-hmm. so different and it just i think really sets the bar for how we continue to do things going forward i love i mean i'm over zoom right period <laughs> period however i do appreciate the fact that zoom is truly connecting people and i don't think that was the original business model i think their business model was really for like schools and and um 
companies, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think it was really for people to have baby showers, funerals, weddings, and so on, but it's doing that now. And, or I, I would say people are doing that now with the product. And I think they are embracing it because they're mm -hmm. like, hey, this, is, this has opened us up to even more eyes that didn't even know we existed before. So I'm saying all that to say that, you know, when it comes to the manifesta manifestation of a million dollars, you're closer than you think because hmm. you are now in front of so many more people than 2019, Good right? Point. And this is part of why, like I said before, the pandemic has not been all bad because it's really mm -hmm. allowing us to come out of those comfort zones, but also putting us in front of people that we probably would have never met, you know, like, or and putting opportunities in front of us that we probably would have never had. So exactly. It's not all bad people. It's not all bad. <laughs> exactly. Most like, of it was, but some of it, exactly. yeah, it a lot it of growth and some reward. And that's the thing. That's just life. That is just how life is. You know, like you and I are real examples of the fact that it's not all bad. And yes. even if we had bad moments, those moments are still not even all bad because they still break way for something good. And I think changing mm -hmm. our perception is what is really going to take us into, you know, the future as, as we will know it. But just coming out of the space of believing that everything has to be a through Z, not realizing that sometimes it's going to be A, X, B, F, K, you know, like it's exactly. not going to be and it's okay. in order. And, and it's okay. that's my point. It's but okay. We, we still come to, right, determine the final answer, right? Because in math, mm -hmm. it's just like, uh, there's more, as my grandmother would say, Alexa, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Mm -hmm. There's more than one way of skinning a cat. There's more than one way of growing our business despite the challenges, right? And the economic downturn and the public health crisis that we're in, you know, um, hook or crook, right. hook or crook, Lexi is going to get it. Um, and I, I hope that people have that same mindset that one way or another, we're gonna push through when it gets done. Absolutely. One day we will all be proud we made it through mm -hmm. and we are literally on that journey. So thank you, Lex, for joining. You're Listener welcome, Feast. Kay. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm mm -hmm. like, this has been fun and I enjoyed our time together. Hopefully you enjoyed this as well. Likewise. I can't wait, can't wait to share and uh, promote both of our platforms because um, you've truly been a gem since we met uh, back in Feb before Rona actually kicked mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. um, I've come to meet so many special people, so many, you know, amazing professionals and in their own right and in their own way. Um, and it's all about community and connection. Totally. And I just want the same for, uh, for next year. Absolutely. And you know, you speak, you spoke about sharing. So I'm going to just say listeners, before we go, don't forget to share this podcast, leave a review, connect with Lex on all socials listed in the show notes to stay connected to her manifestation. We want to be a part of this glow up with her. And if you have any questions or anything that, you know, you, you probably said, I'm curious to learn a little bit more about, I'm sure you can send Lex a DM or an email. So Absolutely. until next time, let's manifest. And thank you, my dear, for joining. You're welcome. We'll chat soon. Absolutely. All right, Kay. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family, share this with your friends, share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest.